We are back with the Buffalonian Podcast. I'm Joe Kelly, and as always, I'm joined by Dom Loss. And Dom, we're in the middle of June, end of June, not even the middle. July 1st is coming up this Saturday. You know, it's, it's a big day for a couple of reasons, but we'll, we'll get into that a little later. But we have... <laughs> <laughs> we have the Bills coming up first, so we're going to dive right into the what, whatever Bills talk we actually have. I mean, since the last time we talked, Bean and McDermott have both been extended. I, I just want to, I want to get your immediate reaction on that. Like, what went through your head when you saw 2027? We would have our head coach and GM together. Good, bad, or ugly? What do you think? Well, you gave me, like, two bad options, two negative options and one Okay, let me let me rephrase. Fantastic, good, bad, or ugly. I'll give you I'll give you two of each. You can you can scale it however you want. Oh, thank you. I'll say it's good. I don't I don't think it's a home run. I don't think it's they dropped the ball. I mean, it's nice because now we don't have to hear all those people on Twitter saying that they're going to get fired because they just extended them. I believe what their contracts were up after this season, so four more. It was a four year contract extension, um, and with. Bean, McDermott, and Allen, those are the three most iconic, you know, the top three people probably in the organization, your quarterback, your GM, and your head coach. And Allen's extended for six more six years. They just now extended those, you know, the head coach and the GM to five. So it makes sense. I personally don't think it's a home run because I believe I would have liked to have seen the year play out and I'm not saying if they would have failed in the playoffs again or they had a down season, I would say they should find new people. But there is a lot of, I guess, controversy happening this offseason. I would like, I would have liked to have seen how it would, how it would have all got resolved, probably. Uh, um, well, we would have, you know, in March of 24 to see where we were. But I like, I'm a, I'm a McDermott and Bean guy, so I'm really not going to complain too much. Yeah, no, I'm a McBean guy myself. I, I think, I think I'm gonna throw it in a good category alike to you just simply because yes they haven't taken us all the way but we've made deep playoff runs in good games minus the Cincinnati game uh for a number of years now under their leadership so I don't think that's a bad thing at all and they've made some pretty good decisions signing wise as well and draft wise um especially this year I mean Kincaid's a standout and people were doubting him at first uh I mean they got our our boy Josh Allen so I think like you said, it would have been nice to maybe wait through the end of this season to really evaluate like, okay, let's, you know, let's see how long we're going to extend them for. But I think, I think they've got what it takes to get it done. And the organization sees that and, you know, they're, they've been doing all right so far. So I I think we should, we let it keep going, but I mean, it's, it's, it'll be interesting to see this season. And if, you know, McDermott really has the fire lit under him, like he has, I mean, I would like to see him go all the way. I think that's the end goal for this season, end goal for any season under these two, which is why they've got it gotten extended for sure. But yeah, I think I, I think it comes down to the fact of it's very hard to win a Super Bowl. One team out of thirty-two teams does it. There's a lot of luck involved, and I mean, I'm not trying to be biased, but the Bills just haven't been very lucky the years that they've, you know, yeah, they've they've been this run. I mean, last year everything that goes goes on with the team two years ago they don't play very well and they end up having to go to Kansas City and then they blow the 13 seconds off two plays that I mean literally they're 13 seconds away from hosting the AFC championship game obviously in 20 they kind of get killed that really wasn't much about luck but I mean it's just really the last two years it seems like they've had teams that have that I'm not in 20 they have had they could have won Super Bowl but I don't think they were 
better than that Tampa team. I don't think they were better than Chiefs, obviously. I don't think they were better than the Packers, you know, the final four. But I think the last two years, they've had as good a shot as any to win the Super Bowl, and they've fallen short. And listen, is it some of it's Brandon Bean's fault and some of it's Sean McDermott's fault? So I think they, they had to own that blame. But at the same time, I don't think it's enough blame where it's a situation where they're not the guys that could get them over the top. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm, I mean, I'm right there with you. We're going to have to see how it all unfolds later later in the season, I think. You know, I, I don't think there's really a way to – it's kind of like the Oliver thing where you just got to wait and see. You know, like we signed them and we're going to just hope it, hope it worked out. But at least McDermott and Bean have a track record. Oliver really doesn't, so. I mean, it's hard to compare them to Oliver. But, I mean, it, it seems to me that they're safe for another two years at least with this contract extension, so – I mean, whether people like it or not, we're going to have two years of more of McBean. I like it. I'm not going to say – I won't say I love it strictly because of what has happened over the course of the last couple months. I haven't loved from the organization. Um, I haven't loved that Chad Hall seems to leave on a lateral move. A couple other guys leave on lateral moves. Leslie Frazier just kind of disappears. Stefan Diggs situation. I'm not saying we need details, but – I do think there is some stuff going on in the organization that could give my, people like myself a little pause of concern. Would you call um, it very concerning or would that be an overreaction? Maybe a little bit of an overreaction. I think if it was <laughs> if it was one thing, I don't think it would be a concern, but when you when you add all those situations, you know, the situations up together, it's kind of hard to be like give a complete pass if that makes sense. You know, if it was just Diggs acting out, it would be like okay, let's Diggs. If it was just Chad Hall leaving, I was like, okay, you know, his I think his fiance wanted to, or his wife wanted him to go down to Florida. Leslie Frazier leaving just seems like a scapegoat move. So I mean, I didn't think adding all the things that you know the the headlines that happened this off season haven't reflected fantastic on the organization. But at the same time, I still trust them and believe in them that they're going to get the job done. We're gonna hopefully hoist the Lombardi in February of 24. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of the road to the Super Bowl, the training camp schedule has dropped. Have tickets gone on sale yet? I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, I think, I think season have. ticket. I believe so, yep. Well, they're season free. ticket holders. I believe I mean, they're free, so. Oh, yeah. oh, well, look at that. Maybe, maybe we'll go. Maybe we'll do some live training camp coverage under a tree somewhere or something, you know? Somewhere on the St. John, under the bleachers in the St. John Fisher campus, but no, training camp's coming around. The season's coming quick. Um, the fact that the schedule for training camp's out already is crazy. Expect to see Stefan Diggs there every day, and we won't have another problem. I say that now, but you know, if he doesn't show up one day, the whole sports world is going to go on fire again. So, um, well, I mean, there's no reason There's no reason for anyone, in my mind, to not show up. I mean, it seems like Diggs and the Bills have some sort of an understanding. They signed Oliver to his contract extension, so it seems to me that he, like, he, I guess he would be a threat of holding holding out for a contract. But, I mean, what, Hyde's a contract? That's not inspiring. I think Daquan Jones, but those guys are all veteran guys, so I don't, I don't think they would be guys that would hold out for their contract extension, so... I, I, I would assume, Joe, that we that there is actually you know day one perfect attendance and training camp. Not that it was in mandatory mini camp a couple of weeks ago. I'm right there with you. I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's coming quick. 
And I, I guess that's really all I have to say. I think we're going to see. Some- I mean, the, pra- the the practice in the stadium is August fourth. We'll see if Josh wears the red helmet again without anyone knowing. Um, but- yeah, even though that wasn't, I don't think that was. No, there was no white stripes. It was red and blue stripes. So that was that was an interesting red helmet. Um, it was not alike to the originals. I don't think. Fact check me on that. I mean, for next time, but I don't think it was the white stripes. I think it was a white, a red stripe and a blue stripe or something on the red. But anyway, still red helmet just teased the entire fan base and then, oh, we're not doing that. Sorry. So um, maybe he will again. I think he likes doing that. I think he's a prankster. So maybe he'll wear, uh, I don't know, a throwback jersey, like the navy blue one or something like that. You know? <laughs> Please really don't. Teasing. No, you don't want those to come back? The navy blues? Yeah, come on. I, would you really want like the '90s? They look identical to the '90s jerseys. The only difference is the material and the collar. Yeah, I don't know. The navy blues are kind of gross. Navy. Well, they don't even the AFL throwbacks they have now are the away ones, and they look the exact same as the away ones, minus the 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 arm pattern. But I think yeah, the blues might be the that. only way to go on that one. Unfortunately, if they if they decide to do it. They do. I think many fans would be like you, but me owning one of those jerseys, I'd wear it loud and proud. Yeah, see, you're biased. Those are trash jerseys, and you know what? <laughs> if Josh, Josh doesn't, Josh knows that would only that him wearing the navy blue 2000 navy blues would hurt his reputation. For you his think? Style. Yes, because everyone knows those are trash jerseys that ruined. <laughs> yeah, and they so look like they were, jerseys. Yeah, they do. It, it was not a good time, but no. I mean, if training camp coming around, next thing you know, it's going to be the preseason. Next thing you know, we're going to have games that actually count on your schedule. And somehow we're going to be in December and looking at the playoff push, wondering about all the scenarios and putting scenarios in a playoff generator. And Ugh. don't don't even remind me. That I don't stress know is coming. Yeah, we're, my, we're half my, a year uh, away. Yeah, get your forward. hearts healthy, folks, in the off season. Hit hit the hit the treadmill, whatever. I don't know whatever you got to do. Keep that heart pumping because. Trust me, as as in our interview with Scott Rubin of the Unbelievable movie, yeah, you're gonna have multiple uh, palpitations throughout the season, depending on what happens, and that doesn't ever change, no matter who the quarterback, who the coach, who the players are. So, buckle up, especially if we're going for the bowl. Just expect it going up against the AFC. Eesh, eesh, eesh. It's gonna be it's gonna be a, a slug, a good old fashioned slugfest, I would say, but. Like you said, Dom, training camp's coming, season's coming, and we have some rankings to get through. Don't don't you agree? I would agree. Yeah. So we've done quarterback. Have we done t- we did tight end? And who else did we do? Running backs? I don't know if we've done running backs. We might we may we may do that one next week. Maybe and, next uh, week. I think we just did quarterbacks and tight ends, I want to say. And wide receiver. Wide receiver, that's right. We had dicks. So this week we're doing the Offensive line. So it's like an all-encompassing, like who just what team has the best line, or is it like a specific yes, left okay. tackle, right tackle. All right. So I want to I want to hear I want to hear yours with the AFC East. Because I've got I've got mine picked out. I just want to I want to see right. what you're thinking here. What team you're going with first and what's going I on? I think here. it's gonna go Jets at four, Bills at three, Dolphins at two, Patriots at one. The Patriots have a great offensive line. That is, without a doubt, I think they have the best protection. So I would have to put them at number one. The Jets, I would agree with you, are last. 
the bill are we going last season like just like the way it ended because the bills definitely are third but this season they might be above miami like looking at it prospect wise i guess you know i think you could look at it a little prospect wise i think miami has a better line because i think connor williams and mitch morris is pretty washy washy at center yeah i think robert hunt is the better guard out of any other two bills guards I think Armstead's better than Dawkins when he plays. Right tackle for both of them seem to be a massive issue. So, I don't know. I think you give the slight edge to Miami, but it's definitely a situation where if either Austin Jackson from Miami or Spencer Brown for the Bills take a jump, you know, that would be a significant change. And if the Bills got showed that they have, you know, more consistent interior offensive, you know, guard play, um, then that would also be a jump. Uh, so the, for them to jump Miami in my rankings. But, yeah, I have them as three. I, I, listen, the Bills' offensive line is never probably going to be a strength for them. It definitely was not last year. I think it was a massive weakness, and I think this year it's become meh. Like, I, I think they, they were a below-average unit last year, and now I think they're average, which is yeah, they a significant jump uh, yeah. from that for my, pit, for my money. But. I think Miami is a little bit above average. So yeah, I would. I would actually. I think I would have to agree with you on that. You're you're right. I mean, both of them do suck at the right right tackle position. Um, as you know, Tua got wailed multiple times last year. Josh, the pressure slips through the right all the time. So, I mean, I I think one like you said, Pat's two concrete or two close call. Miami Bills three. And then the Jets are an absolute fourth. They're bottom feeders. I, I I would have to agree with you on that. I think Aaron Rodgers is in for a rude awakening as well. So, I mean, look at how they they fared with Mike White against the Bills. Yeah, I mean, Matt Milano they're... Matt Milano folding chaired him, and he got whacked on multiple occasions. Yeah, not a great unit that is. No, so I would I would definitely agree with you on that. But I think that wraps it up for the Bills talk on this edition of the Buffalonian podcast. We'll keep rolling here, but before we do, I'd like to first bring up the Sports Bring People Together podcast. You should listen to entrepreneurial conversations with those in sports. And who knows where the chats will take you, but Sports got us all here together in the first place. Find the show wherever you listen to your favorite podcast or sp- simply visit sportseplus.com. And also, quick little plug here we did last week. There's a new addition to the Buffalonian family, if you will. Right, Dom? Yes. Coming up soon, you will hear from the Sharpening the Swords podcast. It's what it's what we're it's the title we're working with here. You know, the Sabers Swords. You know, we got We gotta. We can't. We can't be unoriginal here. So, Sharpening the Swords. It'll be with Evan Harrington and Joel Frazee. Evan, you may recognize, as I mentioned, he was on our show earlier in the year. He actually spoke to draft prospect in the NHL, Quinton Musty, and. That'll be circulating as the first quote-unquote episode, more like a teaser, not really a full episode. But they'll be getting content to you later this week, especially with the draft tonight when we're recording. There's a lot of NHL stuff to break down. So he'll be breaking down the draft and whatnot, and uh, we'll be getting you guys that content. But yeah, now it's time to move into our Sabres talk. And looking forward to hearing from Evan Harrington and Quentin Musty. That'll be that'll be interesting. What about what do you, what do you think, Dom? That's pretty sick, huh? We'll see where he goes in the draft. Obviously, it's it's starting up in about an hour, so that should yeah. be exciting. It's draft day. It's draft day. We're looking forward to. I'm going to be watching. I might. I'm. I'm. I'm intrigued to see what the Sabers do at their 13th, right in the first round. Yes. What do you think they're going to do 
Like truthfully, like if you had to, if you had to pull one out right now, what do you think? I think they're gonna take. Well, it, it matters. The rush, the Russian seems like he's gonna fall Mike off because of character issues and the fact that um, he's not he's signed um, until twenty twenty six in the KHL, so he's not gonna come over till he's about twenty two. But do we want to mess with the KHL? Like, uh, what's his name, Lawrence Pilot, and just have him go sign in Sweden? <laughs> No, I, I think he's kind of switch one, but, um, um, I would probably take Zach Benson. He's a good forward. He was line mates of Matt Savoy and well, now Winnipeg. I think they changed their name to something. I'm blanking in the WHL in in the junior leagues in Canada. So I would assume they take him. I mean, there's also a chance that they trade up by, you know, take someone else or they trade back and get a get something of value in return. So. I think the Sabres are in an interest. Obviously, last year was a little bit more exciting when they had 9, 16, and 28. But we also saw, you know, on draft day last year that they nearly traded up from 16 to 7 and take on that Matt Murray contract. So, you know, Cat maybe a little bit more tighter with the big contracts of Cousins and Thompson coming in. But maybe we see a similar move where they trade up and take a bad contract. I don't know. But, you know, only only time will tell, Joe, and the time is slowly winding down to when we're going to actually know. So, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, I mean, you'll hear an update from either our show or Evan's show, the Sharpening the Swords. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting as this clock does wind down. Um, keep an eye on the clock because it's moving forward. Um, it's, <laughs> we're just, I don't know. It's, I guess we're in limbo, like just kind of waiting, you know, it's for me. This is more, I, w- I don't want to say interesting than the NFL draft, but it kind of is. The NFL draft, I get kind of more like, I guess excited for is the word, right? Like, it's just kind of like, oh, quarterback's going. Will Levis drop this year? Like, that was crazy. The Bills pick a tight end. I don't know. Was, I think the know? NHL draft, I think the NHL, I don't know. I like the NHL draft, but after, you know, a certain while, the NHL is weird and you don't, you don't see these guys – yeah, you won't see him for a right few away. years. Like Shane Wright barely played for Seattle. Logan Cooley didn't play. Simone Nemec didn't play for New Jersey. Slefowski last year was number one overall, got injured and barely played for Montreal. And obviously in the NFL, it's way different. Um, so I guess maybe that's why I like the NFL draft a little bit better than the NHL draft is because you get the immediate impact of the players. But I guess that's why also the NHL draft is also interesting is because it's kind of the unknown. You know, the pick 28 could outdo the pick 10, and it wouldn't be that much of a surprise. I think that would be a surprise in the NFL. But, I mean, it's a, it's definitely the Sabres at 13 are kind of in the interesting position in the draft. And I, I you know, listen, they only have one first-round pick this year. They don't have three, and they don't yeah. have a lot of needs. So it's not like they had to, they could kind of pick best whatever the best prospect on their board, and they could also use the. They're also now in a position where they could use that pick to actually really help them next year, and it wouldn't seem to be kind of uh, you know last year we saw Ottawa trade the seventh pick for DeBrinket, and they finished below the Sabers, but this year it seems like that like with the Sabers progress, they're ahead of where Ottawa was last year, and now trading your first round pick makes sense if you're going to get actual someone back who could have a significant impact on your team. So it's exciting yeah. stuff, Joe. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, we have July 1st, as I mentioned, coming around the corner. We're a couple days out now. I mean, you know, not, not to toot my own horn. It's, horn, it's a pretty, pretty uh, 
pretty good day for a birthday. NHL free agency, a lot of stuff happens. So um, it'll be it'll be well, that's, interesting. That, that's why this draft is Wednesday, Thursday, is because they want you know they want leading right up to first. it. Well, they want free agency to start on the first again. I don't think it's been on the first since a, while, a couple of years ago because of COVID. But but I think it's a little silly. But listen, we're gonna know next time we do the show next week. We're gonna know a lot more about what the Sabers are gonna be in the future with potentially their 13th overall pick and what they're gonna be in the present. Because once free agency you know comes in, we have our show sometime next week. I think we're going to look be looking at a very different Sabres roster. Maybe not different. I shouldn't say different Sabres roster, but I think we'll see some new faces on onto the roster. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I'm I'm looking forward to it. I I would this team's already like I mentioned, like building towards the future, building towards trying to, you know, make a playoff run. I think they're going to. It would be nice to see some new faces come along that really help it out. Which I think I think that could be the case for sure. So. I'm looking forward to it coming down in an hour, as we mentioned. Free agency coming later this week. Well, I mean, I, like I think, you said, we're going to know a lot after today. Well, I hope, I hope, I guess, as my, I don't know if it's a bold prediction, but I guess my prediction would be, I, I would hope that next time we talk, the Sabres have added a top four defenseman, added some kind of starting caliber goaltender. If they yes. did those two things I and they got Yost back and they somehow were able to dump Olsen, I would be pretty okay with how everything stood. I still think they could have added someone forward wise, but I don't think they're going to do that with bringing back Gergensen and Oposo. But I do think they need to add a significant piece to the blue line. I think they need to add a significant veteran to the goaltending because they can't roll with Comrie, Levi, and Lukanen because that would just be a disaster. That would be the third straight year they've really punted on the goaltending position. I think this is the year they invest in another, you know, important piece on the blue line and they invest another important piece in the goaltender. And We'll see who they pick 13th. Well, if they actually say if they pick 13th. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I think I think a trade might be in the works. But again, it's just going to be fun to watch. And like you said, hopefully by the time we're doing this, there's a goalie, a cal- starting caliber goalie and a fourth or a ugh, start or top four defenseman. Because that is like, like you said, the same. Well, like like we always say. Sabres have a style of offense that you need a good goaltender and you need a good defense, like defensive, you need good defensive pairings. And because their style of high flying offense promotes turnovers. And that's just like, we did not have that. The goaltending last year when a 41 year old has, what did he have the best save percentage on the team? Uh, he was up there if Anderson, it was, I think they were, they were very close. Um, but yeah. With yeah, no surprise, so, Chicago took uh Connor Bernard first overall. So the, the fun has begun in Nashville. Oh boy, look at that! So, I, I would say anyone what you know. Obviously, we're recording this while it's happening, but it would be interesting to see what happens when we when the night is over. But just look a look after that Russian. If he falls, Montreal probably wants to move back at five. It's rumored. Washington eight though is going to be. I don't think he's going. I think if he falls to eight, Washington's going to get him. So maybe Philadelphia at seven. Danny Weir, X Saber. Maybe they swing a deal with him. So who knows? It's, it's an exciting time to be a to to look at the see you know have really no expectations and no like they have to kill this. Obviously, you want your team to kill the draft, but the need of like they have to ace every pick. I just feel like that pressure, at least from obviously for them, it's not gone. But for for me, it's kind of gone because they have a good prospect pool. They have a good young team. It's not like. I don't know, like Montreal, the division counterpart, whose team is not very good, and they they have good prospects, but they need to 
you know, improve their prospects pool to get better in a couple of years and not be like the Sabres improve now. So I don't know. It's exciting. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. And then, you know, move, moving on a little bit here, the awards, well, kind of moving backwards, I guess. Owen Power came in third for rookie of the year. Um, who won it? I'm trying to remember. I don't know. I don't know why. I'm blanking years, the second overall pick in his draft. So, I mean, yes. not a surprise. I think Powell was actually closer to Stuart Skinner for a runner up than I thought. I think Skinner had like a thousand and Powell had like the high 900s in points. And I think Meniere's had like 1800. So, yeah, he was the runaway, you know, winner, which isn't necessarily super surprised. It's what I, I find is frustrating with these awards is that they're very predictable in the fact of. Linus Olmark wins the Vesna because he had the best, you know, save percentage wins and all that. But, you know, he played on the loaded team and Eli Sorokin or Yuri Saros for Nashville while they didn't maybe get the wins or that, you know, maybe they don't have the base stats, had a better analytical season, probably were better goaltenders. It's the same thing with Norris. Well, probably Carlson ended up deserving it, having 100 points, but you know, having such a one-way defender when you have better two-way options. Same thing with the Calder. It's very for- – I know it's a little biased because most siders last year won as a defenseman, but it's really a lot – I mean, it seems to be like a forward award. So – and, you know, MVP always usually goes to the guy that wins the Art Ross for the most part. I'm not saying McDavid didn't earn it. He definitely earned it. The guy voted – some person voted him fifth place in the heart. Stopping from being unanimous is absolutely ridiculous, but yeah, that was that was an absolute steal for whatever reason. Like, I, it, you can't really argue that he was the first overall, and I think it was just out of spite, you know. No, that just it's just ridiculous. But I think that's that's where you know the frustration comes from these awards because listen, power third probably is all right. I'm not complaining about this so much this year because power probably was rightfully three. I'm more frustrated. Oh, and Tage Thompson was 14th in the heart, so he was not top 10. I thought he would might sneak into the top 10, but he did not quite get there, which is a little bit surprising. Another, oh, another surprise is that um, one of the voters went to vote Jordan Stahl for second place in the Selkie, the best defensive forward, and accidentally put his brother Eric Stahl, who sucked this year. Oh, so my Eric God. Stahl somehow is like finished. I think 20th or whatever in Selkie voting because he got one second place vote. I mean, this got to be kidding me. That should be taking your vote. I don't care if it's, oh, I did that accent. That should be because it says Eric Stahl, Carolina, but Eric Stahl played for Florida and his brother, you know, I mean, his brother. How about that person's vote is completely revoked for the rest of their their career? I mean, that's what I think think is just ridiculous to make that that kind of error is is ridiculous to me. But back where I was, my main gripe with the award is that Razzle Stalin finished eighth in the Norris, which I think is ridiculous. I think he should have finished close to the top five. McCarr got it because of name value. I, I'm not saying Cam McCarr didn't have a good year, but he missed a third of the season. I think that's ridiculous. Heisken being ahead of him is a little bit ridiculous. Josh Morrissey, who is the biggest, who's probably the second most one-way defensive, one-way offensive defenseman behind Eric Carlson, finished fifth, I believe. I don't know. I just think Hannes Lindholm had a good year for Boston. I just I feel like Dalene should at least finish sixth. And for him to finish eighth was a little bit like, okay, your time's coming, though, young king. You know? Yeah, no, he's he's on his way to winning it. There's no question. I just think he did get – I don't know. I don't know what the proper term is here. I don't want to say he got screwed because well, the Ducks took Leo Carlson. So the Russian second-best player did not get taken second overall. But – 
I don't know. It's just, that's just, that annoys me, Joe. It's, it's just, voters are going to vote how they're going to vote. I don't even want to be biased because, like, I don't try to sound super biased, but, like, it just, I don't know. You put up a bunch of points and you, you log a lot of minutes, and that's how you get your Norris votes. And it just, I don't know. It's a, it, every award has its bias, but then I feel like it's the NHL awards just consistently are so controversial for some of the stupidest things. Well, yeah, I mean, someone cast the wrong vote. I mean, like, what are we doing here? Mm-hmm. Like, what's happening? I don't know. Yeah, it, it, Darlene will get it. There's no question. As you said, his time is coming. So I don't, I don't think there's anything to worry about in the future there. But the Sabres schedule also dropped. Lots of stuff going on this week. What are your thoughts on the ease of schedule or difficulty of the schedule? I mean, I believe five of the first six are at home. I think the back half's a little bit tougher than the front, so the you know the beginning. So, uh, but we do play better on the road. So maybe, maybe <laughs> hopefully that not... change, Hopefully, from a from a fan perspective, that changes. But <laughs> I think just for me, it's you can't afford to go on an eight game losing streak that ends up if you going zero and sixteen. The point different, like the points, you can't miss out on sixteen straight points. Uh, and you can't, you know, they hit us. They, they they were a young team last year, and I don't want to be. I don't want to be in the middle of January, them being on the edge of playoff, and then them going on a five game losing streak, and then all of a sudden we're at the deadline. It's like, oh my god, like we gotta like do something drastic here. Like, I don't want to use the excuse of, oh, this is a young team anymore. Like, yeah, they're still young, but they have experience now. Now that you're in year two, I mean, now that most of the guys that are gonna be playing are at least in year two. They're going to be around the 100 games played in the NHL. Like, at this point, like, you got to start. You can't use that excuse anymore, and you got to actually start showing some consistency. But I don't want to sound negative. I, I believe that they will. I'm just saying, like, as, as a fan perspective, I don't need to see these lulls in the schedule. I need to see these consistently every day and night out, not losing, what, in, like, a matter of a couple of weeks, losing at home to Nashville, Dallas, and Boston, losing, like, 8 nothing or whatever. Like, that cannot happen again. They can't. Just have they games. can't drop eight games in November either in a row. Eight games like, in a row, losing at home to Arizona, to Philadelphia a couple of times. Like you gotta be able to win games against inferior competition. I'm not saying they're gonna go undefeated against them. That's never how it works in the NHL. You're gonna have off nights, but lower the off nights against inferior competition and continue to rise against the top of the league. And I think we'll be just fine in the playoffs. Yeah, no, there's no question. You're you're absolutely right on that. I want to play meaningful games at the end of the season, but actually have more than a 2% chance. I want to be playing meaningful games in the playoffs. Oh, wait, all those games are meaningful. I don't want to hear any more. Oh, what you just said, meaningful games in March is over. Meaningful games in April is over. I want to be playing meaningful games in playoffs where all the games are meaningful. Do you start questioning the coaching staff at this point if they don't make the playoffs this season? Oh, absolutely. I think... They are definitely in more crap the, the, than the the Bills. Like, the Bills oh yeah, for sure. Showing that they're able to get there and compete. I don't know. They, I know they got killed, but I don't want to get back into that. But no, the Sabers. I'm not saying this is make or break, but I would say that if they don't make it this year, I think if they get off to a slow start, like we could see an in season change two years from now, like during the during what the 24 25 season, like in yeah, if they're in December and they're still kind of not meeting expectations. I could see a change. So. I don't know about yeah, you. I think there's, I'm going to knock on there's... some wood that that doesn't happen. Right? I, I, <laughs> Listen, can't, I, can't, I can't have that happen. I mean, it's a possibility, but I, I, I believe that this is the year that 
they do it. I hope so. I hope you're right. And I, like I said, I'm willing to wager a, and I'm not, I'm not going to say large amount because I'm not going to hold myself to that, but like, I, I would wager some money that I that that they'll make it. I, I I'm confident to say that they, if they didn't drop those eight games in November, they would have been more than in if they played the way they did the rest of the season. So absolutely, I think I think they're closer this year. They're going to make it. They don't. I will actually be disappointed. Last year, I didn't expect them to make the playoffs. I'm gonna be 100 honest with you. I know we talked about that. Me, yes, I did say they're going to the cup. Yes, entertainment value only. I think. How honorable. <laughs> what? What? That I said. I said how honorable of you to admit that now. I know, right? I know. I'm just I'm, I'm taking I'm taking it. I'm taking the heat on it. But no, I think I think they've got it this season, not the cup. I think they've got the playoffs easily this season. Maybe a Cinderella run. We'll see what happens. I mean, Boston's still a great team. They choked. Like absolutely choked, but they're still a great <laughs> team. You know, and Vegas is built deep. That's what the Sabres need. They need to be built like Vegas. And speaking of built deep, it's player grade time. For Bryskin, whoa, whoa, I combined both names on that one. Bryson and Labushkin. Well, so we'll we'll add. Well, no, we'll, we'll Cal Clegg, Pilot, whatever. They're. I don't think. Oh, Riley Stillman. We'll add him. I forgot okay. about him. I, I couldn't so remember. Bryson, Labushkin, and Stillman. We'll start with Stillman. I'm going to give Stillman a B. I think. I was going to give him a B minus. He was pretty good, like solid. He, other than he got, other than he got knocked out by that Tampa Bay player. He yes. was more than solid. He was more. He played really well compared to what I thought. He didn't play very well in Vancouver. I don't care about Josh Bloom. Sorry, nobody prospect wasn't really going to make an impact on this team. Look what Lucas Ruzek is. That's probably what Josh Bloom was going to, you know, at his ceiling turn out to be. So, yeah, that was not a bad trade. Um, and he showed that he could play bottom pair minutes and be pretty solid. And he seems to be like he's going to be penciled in at the, as the seventh defenseman for this team next year. So solid trade. And I think he had a solid season. Yeah, no, I I'm right there with you. B minus B. I mean, right. He, he's solid, solid player picked up good depth piece. I mean, you can't really argue with it. Yes. I mean, questionable moments. Absolutely. Like any of the players, um, no one handed goals like Greenway, I can say, but, um, <laughs> You know, that when we saw that person, I'm sorry, I got to take a sidebar here for a second. We saw that in person. I couldn't believe that. That that was probably the most impressive goal I've ever seen in person. Just like the pure shit farming with one hand and and slipping it through with a stick in the other hand. Like, oh my God. Anyway, it's time now. Who do you think, Bryson or Labushkin? Which one do you want to do? I picked, I picked Stillman first. So you get to pick the next one, my boy. Okay, well, both of them are kind of uh, not great, if you ask me. So, um, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna go Bryson, and I'm gonna say absolute C minus right here. Really? I was gonna say D. Oh, see, I didn't know. I didn't know if we he wanted to be the first D Labushkin. I was gonna say D, but I was gonna say D plus C minus for Labushkin. So, all right, I guess I guess we're reversed on him. But I mean, talk about just being there. I mean, that's pretty much what Bryson is—just there. I, I don't. I don't really. He doesn't do much. He just makes stupid mistakes. Like, I don't know. I, I'm going to actually, I, this might be a cop-out move, but you're absolutely right. I was too too nice to him. I, I got to go. Lenient. What'd you say? Too lenient. Too lenient. Yeah, yeah. I got I to go I gotta go D. Maybe even a D minus. Maybe even an F. I don't know. He's just there. He wasn't, any, he wasn't anything special. What do you think? No, I agree. I think both of them underperformed. I think Bryson's, again, he's, he's in the mix for 
Stillman, in my mind, for the seventh defenseman role. So he has another year on his contract, I believe. But I like Stillman more than Bryson. Labushkin's probably, hopefully, going to be your six. And hopefully, you know, he gets whatever injury out and he could come back to kind of, he was not very good defensively this year. Like he was, his normal self, not great offensively, but he really wasn't that great defensively this year. And for a guy that was kind of the, he's going to be crap offensively, but elite defensively, that was a pretty pathetic year. So um, hopefully he can bounce back and be that because he's got one year left in his deal. And I don't think they're going to dump that contract. Uh, so I don't think it's bad enough to get dumped, but I think he needs to play better this year. They both, yeah. do, but they're going to be yeah. on the roster. No, both of them, for sure. There's no question. I'm, I'm right there with you. And I think that does it for our player grades. How many more do we have? We got one more day. because One more, one more week. One more week. We so we'll get some, some drafted free agency news next week along with some player grades. So we'll have a, we'll have a stack Sabres talk again. But that's going to do it for this week's Sabres talk. And now it is time for some Would You Rather and Pass Your Prime Hall of Fame. Dom has both. Dom is both. What right. are you thinking? What, what do you got for me? I'm going to do the Pastor Pound Hall of Fame first. Okay, you're doing what I did last week. I like it. I am doing I am. Am I? Did you do that first last time? I did. I swapped them. Remember we tabled Russell Wilson for a season. We put a pin in him, and then we put Carson Wentz in. All right. I'm going to do a player you probably never heard of, but that's okay. I'm going to do Milan Lucic. Former ex-enforcer for the Bruins. Play for the Flames. Was bad this year. Apparently is going to be reported to resign with the Bruins. The most famous thing is that he was he was a good two way enforcer when they won the Stanley Cup in 2011. Main flame the flame is that he ran over Ryan Miller and the Sabers did nothing about it. Um, I don't know if you remember that. You probably should look up the video. That was a pretty nasty hit. But yeah, he's my pick for the Pasture Prime Hall of Fame. All right. Well, having you know, kind of, I don't know. I don't know. I my my as you as the listeners know, I, my hockey knowledge has been growing in the past couple of seasons, but not. Uh, not back then. So I don't know. I, I'm going to look up this video right now. Hang on. I'm looking right now. I, I, I'm pulling it up. I'm watching. It's a nasty hit. Eek. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And the Sabres did nothing about that? I mean, look, they didn't really do anything. Yeah, you're right. Oh, I'd be fist fighting. I'd be diving all over him. I'd be taking the skate off and going for blood. You know what I mean? Oh, my like, God. Like, come on. Come on. Like, let's. Oh God! Come on! I can't watch it. It just replayed. I'm done. I'm turning it off. No, I'll I'll throw them in. Whatever. Thank you. Yeah, that's our that's our past their prime Hall of Fame candidate today. Again, we'll be making a graphic for that and having a an elite list of player. And Russell Wilson will possibly be on the list next season. So we'll have to, we'll have to wait and see on that one. All right. But it's time for some. Would you rather? Yeah, my would you rather is important. Okay. You go to a ballpark. Okay, Tonight, here we go. 70, no breeze, little partly cloudy, little shade. Good good ballpark weather. You getting a hot dog or a pretzel? Ooh. Okay. My answer is definitive, but for my personal preference. I'm not a big salt guy. Oh god. Not a big salt guy. I don't like sitting there shaking it all off either. Dries me out. I gotta drink three bottles of water to recover. Absolutely not. I gotta go. I gotta go. Dog, especially in Buffalo, Salem's hot dogs. You can't beat them. I don't know. They don't free brand deals, but they're like heated. They're like they cook them like hours before the game, and then they're heated, and then they're sometimes unevenly heated, and then it's like you bite one part of the dog and it's hot, but the second part of the bite is cold. 
I don't know. I mean, Salem's makes already grilled hot dogs. You just heat up. I think that's what the Bison's use. So, I mean, it's like, I don't know. It's just. I just think the pretzel is elite. It just never, it never goes wrong. If you don't like how much salt, you just take a little bit off. You know, you get some cheese on that. Yeah, but how full are you after that? Like, if I'm going for like a dinner time game, like I wanna, I wanna, I want a dog. Like, I wanna eat. You know what I mean? Yeah, you get, you get, you get a pretzel. Pretzel fills you up. Then, you know, later in the game, you get, you know, another snack. You know, maybe, maybe candy, maybe peanuts. You know, it's a good complimentary food. I always like the peanuts in the shell that I break. Do you, always, always... do you eat? Do you break the shell or do you eat the shell? I do not eat the shell. Who eats the shell? I don't know if you, some people do that. That's another like, would you rather? Would you eat your peanuts without the shell or with the no, shell? No, you don't eat with the shell. Oh my god, talking about coming out rough. Jeez, coming out I'm... the other end and s- scraping like razors if you do that. That's why I don't eat sunflower seeds either. Like the outside of those, I never could eat a sunflower seed correctly and spit out this like the the outside part. Really? Yeah. Whenever we, well, I mean, we played the league together. I never, I only ate big chew because I couldn't do the sunflower. I, I, I sometimes, I sometimes had the sunflower seeds in the back of my pocket to look cool, but I could never do that. Oh my God. Big chew, chewing tobacco or big league chew, the bubble gum. <laughs> big league chew. Come on now. Dom was dipping in the out, in the, in the catchers, the catchers gear out there. So yeah, I, oh you know, sweating in 90 degree health and you know, in 90 degree heat, take off the mask, spit out my, Tobacco, yeah, that's me. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, no, I'm, I'm a, I'm a dog guy. I feel like take me out to the ball game. Like I want, I want a park or not a park. I want a dog. I want a dog easily. I feel like it's iconic. I feel like it's too iconic to pass up. I'm pro pretzel. All right, well, let us know what you think out there. Anyone listening? You are you pro pretzel or pro hot dog diggity dog? That's the real question here. Oh my god. But I, without further ado, that's going to end it for this edition of the Buffalonian Podcast. I'm Joe Kelly. I was joined by Dom Loss. And Dom, how do you always end these, buddy? Go, <laughs> Go Bills, baby. Go Bills.